Badlands. Run into Badlands. Explain those Badlands. That's a hell of a name. All right, welcome to this week's Breaking History on Badlands Media. Gordon, how are you doing today? I'm great, Matt. I'm fantastic. How are you today? I'm okay. I'm okay. I know we had a, uh, some big topics that uh, we wanted to chew on and get the audience to uh, to come into our conversation and analysis uh, that deal Im- that impact very much our current world um, in ways that might surprise a lot of people watching and that have a lot to do with something that didn't happen after World War II, uh, which, of course, we're referring to the fact that uh, we didn't fully win World War II, Gordon. I'm feeling like we didn't fully win World War II, and that matters today. <laughs> I'm, f- I'm feeling like you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I don't, I don't think World War II ended the way that uh, a lot of people, the official narrative says that it ended, meaning that the um, the Nazi Third Reich, its leadership, um, actually won, or, or I'm sorry, actually lost and uh, surrendered and were all um, dealt with, so to speak, at the Nuremberg trials. And, yeah, to, and to that point, we actually had um, President Assad a few, back in December said said as much in a public speech where he said that um, there were uh, basically uh, Nazi high command leaders who were working with the West and those who were willing to betray their comrades um, um, did not hang at Nuremberg and testified against those people and then were brought over and joined NATO and um, the CIA and NASA, among other uh, other institutions. Yeah, that was a big deal that he said that um, a, a world leader actually coming out and, and speaking the unspeakable um, is very was very extraordinarily important that he did that. I don't think a lot of people properly properly took in the implications of that strong message because uh, it's scary. You know, it is it's a little bit scary and we know the world is corrupt. You know, it's easy to say the world is corrupt. A lot of people, that's sort of a, a comfort blanket almost. Mm-hmm. Um but to actually go and specify that it's not just that it's corrupt, it's that unreconstructed Nazis and fascists are were incorporated into the governing control mechanisms of our entire Western world immediately after World War II was finished. Even before World War II was finished, I think there were already like <laughs> there was already a negotiation already in motion before the Nazis even surrendered by Alan Dulles by British intelligence, who were already there before World War II began promoting the rise of Nazism, both in Germany, as well as in America, as well as in Canada. Canada, surprise, surprise, we had our own Nazi party. It was big. It was called the, the it was under Adrien Arcan and in, in Madison Square Gardens, New York, you know, you got these, these videos of 40,000 Americans going, like, championing Nazi rallies in Madison Square Garden with marches down New York with big swastikas and George Washington. George Washington, yep. 19, 1939. That, that happened in 1939. Um, yeah. And, and and I think, wasn't it called like the American Bund or something like that? It was, uh, I forget the exact name, but it's, it was something Bund and Bund is a German, like a German word. But yeah, I mean, it was, they definitely had an, an American political party, Nazi political party um, that in yeah. 1939 had a massive rally in Madison Square Garden um, yeah. with giant like building size posters of George Washington and swastikas and like all that stuff. And it's yeah. just completely glossed over and we don't talk about it. And no, you know, and this is all again tied to like the business plot of 1933 against FDR 
when, when the fascists try to have a military coup against the American government. Um, and so everyone, welcome to Breaking History. Um, today, the topic is going to be Operation Gladio. And Matt and I were talking about this before the, uh, the show. This is a massive topic. Um, you could really think of like everything that we've done since, since I joined the show and we started working together. You could really think of almost everything we've covered as like a subheading of this of this topic we could yeah. spend the next 10 episodes on operation gladio and we probably still wouldn't cover everything um so we were kind of like trying to strategize how do we tackle this thing and um i think rather than trying to uh squeeze in like every little tidbit of information in this one episode because we're never going to be able to do that uh i i think it's better for us to uh to focus on a few on a few things try to convey like a forty thousand foot view so people really understand what it is, yeah. uh, how pervasive it was, how it how it infected everything, um, and really understand like we're going to connect this to a lot of the stuff we've been talking about on these other episodes, including uh, obviously the CIA, um, uh, JFK, uh, and um, even I think the um, East India Company and everything that was happening in Britain in the 19th century, the oligarchs, the committees that were being formed, these these in, these proto NGOs, these committees that were forming among the nobility who wanted to do this new imperialism, um, kind of like this revival of the British Empire. Hmm. Um, so we're going to touch on all of that stuff. And uh, there are a lot of people talking about this right now. I know that, um, you know, Warhampton has been doing shows on this. Alpha Warrior has been doing shows on this. They've been working with um, the, the colonel that, uh, that we talked about, Colonel um, Towner Watkins, I think has been on their shows. Your wife, I know, is a, is a big big um researcher on gladio so this is a this is going to be an exciting topic um yeah yeah and i actually i pulled out a copy of my wife's book here too just to show people so if uh one of the and i'm i'm saying this in full objective not because it's my wife full objective analysis this book that she wrote it's going to be it's volume one of what is going to be volume three volumes uh called the empire in which the black sun never set and it's a birth of international fascism and anglo-american foreign policy highly recommend people uh, pick this up on on Amazon. It's uh, it's thorough. It's meaty and uh, it's scary. Good, um, but yeah, no, you're right. It's it's so comprehensive. So I thought that we were we were looking at a video that you shared with me um, regarding somebody who got nabbed uh, yep. by the Russian intelligence before they could do something really bad. Um, do you want to play like a little video or intro yep. that a little bit as a gateway into this broader discussion? Yes, let's do that. And so the reason we picked Gladio for today is we were going to do maybe the Rothschilds up since J Jacob Rothschild recently passed. Um, but after this got deployed on Monday afternoon, Monday evening, this just be this kind of Gladio just became the obvious choice. So many of you are probably aware. Um, this is from Kanakoa the Great, that account on Twitter. But the accusation of a, a failed assassination attempt on Tucker Carlson when he went to Russia to interview um vladimir putin and so i just want to play this video it's a one minute video and uh and then we can we can talk about it um and and let me know for any reason this is not on uh, the audio is not, uh, uh, let me play it and tell me if the audio is playing can you hear that yeah okay cool i'm gonna play the video make it full screen Проходил обучение работницы в спецсферах со спецсвязью, сбора подрывов взрывных устройств, а также работе с тиньками. 
31 января куратор получил задание изобрать стейнинг-каждое устройство и использовать его снято отрыва в неделю. Что вам обещали? Здесь нужно браздение 4000 долларов. Где должно было быть применено взрывное устройство? На подземной парковке отеля Фэшизм в Москве. Необходимо было забрать взрывное устройство из тайника и заложить его в транспорт. Против кого планировалось применить взрывное устройство? Ну, у нас общение. Сейчас вы знаете, кто был целью? Да, американский журналист Акер Карлсон. Что пошло не так? Ну и так, как подготовки было задержано, садим на скайлы. Я Василий Петр Алексеевич, 88 All right. So for those who didn't who didn't catch it, who, who were just listening and not watching, because that was uh, Russian or Ukrainian with subtitles, uh, this guy was grabbed by the by the Russian intelligence services, and he confessed that he was being paid four thousand dollars to basically uh, um, attach a car bomb to a, bo a car that Tucker Carlson was going to supposed to be in, um, and to kill Tucker Carlson, um, and. Really, like we'll get into the to the details of it in a minute, but the reason that this is Gladio, this has Gladio's fingerprints all over it, is because as we've discussed before, Gladio is the stay behind, is is the, was the stay behinds in, after World War II in Europe to secure you know Western democracy um, and prevent the Soviet takeover of Europe um, through like socialist and communist uh, sympathetic politicians or controlled politicians. And they really did this, but they subverted those efforts by the Soviets um, by assassinating uh, uh, tar targeted politicians and other leaders as well, like other figures as well. Um, yeah. But 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 I think that that program probably extended beyond just people who were explicitly working for the Kremlin, and that kind of became it, it becomes a lot more gray as to who exactly are we targeting? Are we targeting people who are just working in earnest, who are who have ideas that we don't agree with? Um, and I think we probably find that that is exactly what, uh, and then that just becomes like full blown totalitarianism when you're talking about that. But car bombs was really, that's what stuck out to me. It's like the car bomb. It's like, that was what they were doing. And that a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were, it was the, um, it was British intelligence training up the CIA, which had just formed in the fifties. Uh, they, they formed it in 1947 and, uh, British intelligence were, uh, Royal Engineers is who founded British Intelligence, and that was their specialty. It was explosives. Hmm. Um, so let's. Uh, I'm going to pass it to you for a minute. If you yeah. if you have anything to respond to that, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, yeah, on that on that note, I just picked up a, a little clip it here from. Um, this is the this is something from the Mikrovitz uh, website that's been maintained. It was created originally by the Ukrainian uh, Ministry of Defense in 2000. This was done in 2014 to outline and give profiles of all of the enemies of Ukraine. Um, and the actual website itself has something like 6,000 different enemies of Ukraine. These are civilians and journalists. A lot of them are journalists. A lot of them are politicians. A lot of them are just influencers. Um, some are in Ukraine. Some are in, many are in Russia. Many are in the West. Uh, Tucker Carlson is on that list there. Um, you have Helga Tseplarouche. You've got uh, Jeffrey Sachs. They put on there. There's some big names. These are some of the more notable, bigger names on the list, but it's a big list. Darina Dugina, uh, Alexander Dugin's daughter, was on that list. Um, this is an actual image. Worth from noting, I I'm glad you bring it up real quick. She was killed by a car bomb. And, yeah. and, and allegedly, and we know now because it was exposed, the CIA was the one, like it was a CIA car bomb. Like they were behind the car bomb. And I mean, the allegation is that he, like the father, Alexander Dugan, who is the, uh, he's like Putin's chief political philosopher, basically his brain, um, as, as they call him, 
I don't and, know if he's, I wouldn't say that, but he's definitely a significant thinker in, in Russia. Let's just say that. Okay. And um, yeah, so the, the allegation was that he was supposed to be the target and his daughter caught the flack, whether that's true or not, but she was killed in a car bomb. So again, Gladio's fingerprints all over that. Yeah. So and that's, that's actually the, the website specifically with her page. And every time that one of the people on the list gets killed, and there's already been a few dozen who have died over the last years. Uh, they they update the list. They they have a little image saying liquidated. That's her face there with uh, the word liquidated, saying how it happened. And it's so again, it, it's um, the Russian Foreign Ministry gave a, a presentation a few months ago, pointing out that the servers hosting this this very very uh, I mean this is like an illegal site. You know this is this is a terrible site. But it, the servers are are being hosted in. Uh, in either Canada or the United States, but it's definitely understood by our, our intelligence agencies who is hosting, who's protecting these servers, um, who's updating, maintaining, and funding them. We know there, there's quite a bit on this. So that's part of it. The other thing um, is not only do you have this whole assassination thing, and so Tucker Carlson's life was nearly taken. Now, you know, we know that it's tied to this sort of operation that has been maintained as we've seen it put to work over decades and decades, especially during the Cold War murdering civilians, journalists, as well as high-level politicians. I've got a list of a few of not notable ones that we'll, we'll throw out in the course of our presentation. Um, but again, the issue of the Nazi thing, you know, keep in mind th that book cover that my, my, my wife put together has the black son of the occult. Um, that's an extremely important Nazi symbol within the highest levels of the SS. This is a, a scandal from that took place last year on Women's Day when NATO's official Twitter account or X account, whatever, posted all these videos of powerful women in Ukraine fighting, and one of the women that they selected had on her on her uh, military gear uh, the black son of the occult. Uh, when you zoom in there on the upper right hand side, you see very clearly that that's the black son of the occult. You see, you know, we've seen all sorts of videos of of swastikas and other Nazi regalia um, on people who are part of the right sector. The person who killed Dar Darina Dugina was a woman who was a, an official member of the right sector who was, who was sent into Russia to carry out the, the car bomb. Um, so it, it's, it's the question is, did this come out of nowhere? Did this come out of 2014, this whole assassination squad operation that's carrying out hits? Or is this something that's tied to a much broader historical current, which obviously anybody watching our show, <laughs> they already kind of implicitly know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is directly tied to Operation Gladio. So do you think maybe we should say a word about what was Operation Gladio? Split? Yes. Define it quickly. Before oh. you go there, I just, I just want to point out just for anyone watch, like listening, because yeah. I know there are people like in our community who are very skeptical about Tucker Carlson, like Putin called him out for wanting to join the CIA. His father, he had confesses his father was like in the CIA or somehow connected to CIA. Um, understand something. Killing Tucker Carlson, had they succeeded in killing Tucker Carlson, it doesn't have like Tucker could have been working for the CIA. Like Tucker could be a CIA asset, like, but killing him. Th imagine what would have happened if he had been murdered in in Russia and it was purported that it was done either by Ukrainian operatives or Russian operatives or whatever. All the people who who believe in Tucker, who like Tucker, who happen to be on the right, who happen to be somewhat sympathetic to Putin, who happen to be like anti-Ukraine and against the whole Ukraine war, they all of a sudden would have a reason to not like Russia and not like Putin. So it's like, you got to think of it like that. Like these people are willing to sacrifice their own people. So it's by camera. Like maybe, maybe Tucker's working for the CIA. Maybe he's not, but even if he is, 
it's still like this whole Operation Gladio, like killing him still makes a lot of sense because he's sacrificing a pawn, just like they sacrificed um, Alexei Navalny, um, you know, in order to advance a narrative. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, I don't I don't trust talk, Tucker. I, I you know, mm -hmm. I'm. I, I do believe that Putin was correct to take the jab. I think he has been a CIA operative. However, I do think he represents a faction of the of the oligarchical elite of the establishment that recognizes that their interest is not going to be well maintained if a nuclear war is unleashed. I mean, I don't. It's it's a mistake to sort of see the oligarchy as one homogenous blob that's totally in lockstep with itself. There's factions within the oligarchy. Um, we saw this in World War II when you had a faction within the Anglo-American establishment that wanted to continue with the Hitler project and then the Italian fascist project that they put decades into cultivating and incubating. And they were like, you know, Neville Chamberlain, Lord Halifax, uh, King King Edward VIII. They're like, no, wait, wait a minute. We know he's kind of like not completely behaving the way our calculations predicted, but we put so much work into it. We, we got to go, we got to go full hog on this now. And then you had another faction around Winston Churchill, um, Leo Amory, not good people, terrible people, but they were a little bit more in touch with their, their self-interest. And they were like, no, it's an, we have to abort this. <laughs> we, it's not that they're not fascist. It's not like Churchill and Leo Amory were not fascist. They were fascist, but <laughs> like they wanted a global fascist world state under the British empire. But they were like, no, we 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 overstepped our 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 bounds. We we miscalculated. This thing is becoming too Frankenstein-y. Um, we have to abort and try to live to fight another day and reconstruct it with more patience after we we abort this project. And there was a fight. There was a big fight, and you had a, a bit of a coup inside of Britain. You had a you had fights within the American establishment. So I think that the the best way I, I see sort of Tucker is that he is represented or he is representing a faction <laughs> within the Anglo-American establishment that kind of wants to put the genie back in the bottle, re shift gears, try to build some positive relationship with Russia again, maybe try to like sweet talk Russia into becoming um, a, a partner with the US like the, like we could have been in, in 2002 when Putin was entertaining joining NATO. That's that's obviously off the, off the, off the table now, but some people want to do that and then have this you know, maybe maybe it's possible to get a special U.S. Russia friendship against China. Maybe that's possible. Maybe you know, there's there's all of these things. Now that being said, what he did was very useful. <laughs> it's a very useful thing, and I could see why certain certain um, power structures would not want that sort of thing to uh, to break the narrative of Putin is Hitler. Putin is Hitler. They've put years of work into psychologically creating this this in our minds, and it was destroyed very effectively by that Putin Tucker interview that, that, I mean, it, it undid billions of dollars worth of propaganda uh, efforts. So yeah, I just yes. more disclaimer, more disclaimer mm -hmm. to the story. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, with, with that said, why don't you, why don't you uh, tell us about Gladio? Okay. Yeah, I, I guess. And then you could uh, chime in and say if there's any, any uh, way mm -hmm. that you would look at it as well. Um, the way I would see it um, is it was the offspring of Churchill's operation unthinkable. So people could Google that, um, go to Wikipedia, Operation Unthinkable. It was a two-part two operation, launched about uh, two months after Roosevelt died. In the, Roosevelt died, keep in mind here. So this is an important timeline. Roosevelt dies on April 12th, 1945. Two weeks later, you have the San Francisco Conference that, that establishes the United Nations. 
Um, it's now completely infiltrated with roundtablers, you know, Milnerites, Fabians are all over the place. Count Kudenhova Kalergi is like overseeing now. <laughs> the guy that Roosevelt was trying to ice out, who was being brought in by the CFR, is now overseeing a big chunk of the construction of the, the articles at the UN conference. That's now the end of April. Then you have uh, Churchill in May, um, who sanctions the creation of Operation Unthinkable. And this is the idea of while we're still at war with the Nazis, we haven't finished World War II yet. We're still allies with the Russians to essentially say to prepare to go to war with Russia. <laughs> that, okay, we can see the war is going to end. The next enemy has to be Russia and we have to destroy Russia. All of us. Uh, the, the, hmm? the official tagline is uh, for Operation Unthinkable is to impose upon Russia the will of the United States and the British Empire. Oh, there you go. That's that's it. That's the that's the motto. <laughs> and so um, part of it was to um, launch an attack to to castrate Russia, maybe even launch nuclear weapons. I mean, America had the monopoly that was like being entertained. Um, the other part of it was to um, you carry out this war using British special operations executive uh, guerrilla tactics that would be then used with those who had the, the, the best knowledge of fighting. Russians, which is Nazis and Italian fascists, use them and incorporate them, hire them to be the a guerrilla warfare operation under the guise of the, the Anglo-American access. So use them in Italy, in France, in Belgium, in Amsterdam, in uh, everywhere. You, you just organize all of the unreconstructed Italian and German uh, fascists and, um, and prepare for the new war against Russia. Now, the attack on Russia was didn't happen. The second part of it did happen. The, re the So the organization of what became known as NATO secret armies was was put into motion. And that is where it took a, a little bit of time. You know, they, they had to spend a couple of years saving some of the higher level Nazis that they brought to Argentina, that they that they gave new names. They sent it into the United States. They sent into Canada. Um, many of them were Ukrainian collaborators like Christia Freeland's uh, grandfather. Michael Chomiak, who was a very high-level um, collaborator with the Nazis in Ukraine, was given a new life in Canada. But a lot of more, Mikola Lebed, also who ran the Organization of United Nationalists, uh, OUNB, was also brought into the CIA under, and given um, a, a cardboard cutout front company called Pro, um, Pro, Pro, Prologue. Oh yeah, Prologue uh, Research was sort of his cover that, that then created all of the textbooks about what was World War II all about. He created all of that for the Ukrainian community in Canada and the United States that that it, that went into shaping the minds. Like Because you're like, why do all of these young young Ukrainians believe that, that World War II was all about stopping fighting Stalin in Russia? It's like, wait a minute. The only people who thought that way in World War II were the Nazis. <laughs> but yet these are all the people who think that Stalin was the bad guy in World War II and maybe the Nazis weren't so bad. Uh, it's because they were they had the CIA pay for their textbooks that reconstructed their narratives under um, Nikola Lebed. Uh, Bandera was also brought in. So they, they just basically reconstructed all of this stuff as they were building up NATO, uh, the, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization under Lord Halifax, who said the purpose of it is to keep Russia out, Germans down, and America in. That's the point. Is, and that's exactly what we've seen. Germans have been crushed. Russia has been kept out. So when Putin said, hey, Maybe we should be a part of NATO back when Russia was really weak in 1999. Um, 
no, the point of NATO was to is to destroy Russia. <laughs> they would never allow, uh, allow that. And then to keep America in, to keep America locked in. So that was, again, a British, NATO was not American. It was a British operation. Um, and uh, and then they organized all of these teams of NATO, uh, of what, what became known as Gladio's, the Italian branch of uh, of NATO secret armies. Every country had their own name. But again, the one that became most widely known because the former prime minister who was involved in it, Andriotti, gave a speech in the Italian parliament in 1992, announcing like, yeah, all of the, all of this this information somehow got, got acquired by these journalists. So he had to do a limited hangout and basically say, yeah, you know, there are NATO secret armies and, you know, yeah, Gladio exists. And it, it just means sword in Italian. And uh, the, the fascists didn't lose. They're still... And and the last thing I'll say is it partially involved, like you said, targeted assassinations of high value targets, but also it involved um, creating a strategy of terror, mm -hmm. uh, um, basically create a situation where people would be so frightened of terrorism, bombs in malls and schools and in hospitals uh, that they that would be labeled on Maoists and Leninists. So all of these these there were a bunch of like useful idiots who were recruited to these Maoist Leninist cells uh using you know radicalizing literature not that different from how the fbi recruits al-qaeda operatives and then uses them as cover stories to do things like 9-11 um in our current age not that different in technique and then the population who's seeing these bombs will be so terrorized that they will run into the embrace of their fascist um leaning governments that are captured by these these uh, fascist structures at, to give them protection and then give up their security. And that was part of also the technique. Hey, hey, real quick. Can you, can you explain real quick who Stepan Bandera is? I think that's an important, there's an, there's an important point that I want to make a connection. That I want to make real quick before oh. we continue. Okay. Um, yeah. Just like a 30 second or 45 seconds. And exactly uh, yeah. who he is leading Ukrainian fascist uh, who mm -hmm. wanted his own Ukrainian uh, fascist state who was who who wanted to collaborate with the Nazis to do that, um, and who went to jail because he was a little bit too unwieldy and radical for the Nazis. They wanted somebody who was who was going to see Ukraine as a proper subservient uh, uh, power, you know, as a breadbasket producing the food for the Nazi Reich after World War II. He wanted his own thing. Um, but he, he oversaw the murder of something like a hundred thousand Jews, gays, Poles, uh, Slavs. Um, and he was recruited by Alan Dulles to work in Germany after world war II, um, and died in 1954. And what's, what do you got there? Okay. So do y'all see, I've shown this before on various shows, but this is a picture that was posted by the Ukrainian embassy in the United States of, um, Somebody in Israel hugging an ultra orthodox Jewish pilgrim, hugging a member of the Azov Battalion who was fighting in Gaza in Israel, wow. right? And uh, and this, I want to point out this little this little emblem right here. This see this little red and black emblem with it with a star of David on it. So that red and black flag right there is, if if you can still see my screen, the Ukrainian insurgent army flag from 1942 to 1956. And you can see there's Stepan Bandera's face on it right there. So that that is like kind of like the Bandera flag. The red and black band is the Bandera flag. And and it has been adopted by the Azov Battalion 
Um, so just kind of bring everything full circle and connect it again to something that's happening right now. The Azov Battalion is using a flag from a guy who is connected directly to Operation Gladio. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you see his, his imagery everywhere. Right sector, Pravi sector, Svoboda is another uh, pro-Bandera party. He was actually made a national hero before Poros uh, before Yanukovych took power in 2010 in Ukraine, and he was the one who was ousted in that CIA color revolution overseen by, by Victoria Nuland. Um, but before him, there was another guy, um, forgetting his name, the prime minister who was installed by Soros in 2004, who made him a national hero, um, Yushchenko. Uh, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so Yushchenko made him a national hero. They started having like buildings, monuments built up, and there's dozens of these monuments built up to uh, to Stephen ben Stephen Bandera as the great hero. Um, and and he was like re um, rehabilitated and 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 so after after Yanukovych took him down and, and erased his hero status. That was the first thing that the new Victoria Newland managed regime did in 2014 is they rehabilitated it yet again, made him a national hero yet again. And so, yeah, he, but then again, it's not just that he was used to rally these neo-Nazi groups. It's also that he was himself um, brought into the Reinhard Galen. So Reinhard Galen was, was Hitler's top intelligence chief. His other uh, chief of staff was a fellow named Alfred uh, uh, Heusinger. Alfred Heusinger, Heusinger was yep. mm -hmm. yeah, that was the the not the, the the Nazi chief of staff, and Reinhard Galen with was Hitler's top intelligence chief, mm -hmm. and both of them were given jobs right after World War II. So Galen was was given the job of reorganizing and actually creating the Bundeswehr, the the, the West German intelligence after uh, Berlin was cut up. So his job was, and, and it wasn't just him under who was given the job by Dulles. It was his whole network. He had thousands of networks of, of, of operatives, of agents that were all given employment under his network. They were all Nazis. And they were all the ones who were then appointed to set up and create West German intelligence. Bandera was one of his lieutenants who was brought in to work with him, carrying out the murder of anybody who was anti-fascist in Germany. So there was a lot of assassinations of resistance leaders, um, after World War II, who were, you know, operating within France, within Belgium, within Germany itself, um, who did such a good, courageous job fighting the Nazis during the war, and then afterwards were taken down by this network. A lot of them took control of the press. Agentur Press as well was was had its origins in one of these these creatures, uh, Yves Guérin Serac, um, who was the head of the French branch, uh, the Organisation de l'Armée Secrète, the, the organization of the, of the secret army. Um, that also played a role in the murder of JFK, as well as the murder, the attempted, 30 attempted murder attempts of uh, Charles de Gaulle, who is a major uh, enemy of this fascist network. And, uh, and Heusinger, who I just mentioned was the chief of staff of Hitler, you know what he did after World War II, right? Well, uh, what's that? He, well, he, he became the first chief. Uh, chief of NATO. Hoisinger. Hoisinger, yes. Yeah. Hoisinger, yes. yeah. Yep. So Hoisinger yeah. was made the he, top he was literally He literally became the NATO general. It's like, yeah. I mean, yes, could, could, it be any more, could it be any more obvious that NATO is just a continuation of the Third Reich? NATO is the, the, the Fourth Reich, really. I mean... It is the Fourth Reich. I, I absolutely... That, that is what it is. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, the, um, a few things that 
that because uh, uh, I think we're getting into a really, really interesting point here. Um, I want to I'm going to share a link in the chat between Warhamster, who came on a few weeks ago and the Colonel uh, Tanner Watkins, the interview they did about Gladio, which I they they touched on some really interesting points. And one point that I want to share, um, you mentioned Churchill. Churchill uh, got his start um, as a military journalist in the Boer Wars uh, in, in 1898, 1899. And I want to share my screen real quick so I can share this. So in the first Boer War, they, they got they got their their butts kicked um, by the locals, by the Africans. And so the Boer Wars, real quick, let's I, talk about oh, maps. Okay, I see. Yeah, so the Boer Wars, um, we're, we're looking at South Africa right here. So South African map, blue is the British, orange are the Africans. And basically, they were trying to take over the South African Republic. They were trying to. Uh, so this is the Boer Wars. So the first time they went in there, um, the you know the, they're fighting farmers basically, and the farmers were were able to win, and and because they had what they called stay behind units, and basically they would wait for the British to march past them, and then they had a bunch of uh, like weapons and munition stashes that they would then go get, and then come up behind them and, and shoot them all, like ambush them and shoot them all, similar to what the Americans did in South Carolina during the American Revolution. Um, and Churchill witnessed this and, and he was writing about this and sending, you know, sending letters back, uh, to the morning post is, which is who he, who he wrote for. And, um, basically he was accused of by like, by like Rudyard Kipling and other, other writers at the time of like glorifying war, you know, what they called new journalism, new imperialism. Every story was like this adventure, like, ma like hyper masculinity, like, Hey, let's go out and conquer the world kind of stuff. <laughs> Um, which feeds into the, the, the exact stuff we talked about with, um, with uh, you know, the, the East India Company. And the, the guy that he was following at the time was Kitchener. And then, you know, you had Gordon of Khartoum, who later in Sudan, like, um, or a few years before in Sudan, had his, his last stand, glorified that. So, and then eventually you get Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, and I think that's where all, all those ideas about building up Lawrence of Arabia as this figure comes from all this but this is where really where as colonel towner watkins pointed out in that interview this is really where um churchill kind of gets this idea for these stay behind units that can really um come in and kind of clean up clean up the the um dissidents people who aren't going to work with this hegemony that they're trying to establish with, with nato hmm Oh, it's interesting to, to tie it into that. That That's very interesting. Um, so I, I'll share that link, but didn't want to break your chain of thought, but uh, just wanted no, no, to. No, that's good. That's 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 always always context, right? It's always, everything is, is caused by something else. So that being said, people will get little, little, little shifting gears momentarily as a point of advice to people who might get a little demoralized because they're like, well, isn't that purgatory? Isn't it, isn't it the case that you're just forever going to be unpeeling another layer of an onion contextually shaping a lower layer of an onion forever and it's like no there 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 is final cause causality with human agency you know like in planets there's no human agency in the sense that planets don't have free will there but there is laws of nature animating their their future behavior according to certain electromagnetic and gravitational uh so-called forces that that are discoverable and that have a purpose, right, around us, around suns, and suns have relationships to other other suns, and there's a galaxy with an integrated sort of quality of, of interconnectedness, but there's no free will. This, the, the planet is not going to wake up and say, you know, today I feel like Venus, even though I'm Mars, you know, human beings, we have free will. We, we can be animated by ideas about things outside of ourselves, as well as at the same time, things inside of ourselves at the same time. And usually they, they are affected, you know, you, you discover more about yourself when you discover more about something 
in the universe and time and space outside of your being. And at the same time, you discover more about the universe when you just, when you think about who you are and you self-examine and you discover what, what makes you tick as a person, which, you know, you as are, are sub, we are all subjective individuals, we're unique souls, but at the same time, we're, we are objectively true. Like we exist in the universe. We're a part of the, of God's creation. So we discover part of God's creation when we discover ourselves. So th there's this reciprocity. And so we can be animated by false ideas that, that wear the, the masquerade or the, the image of something true, but have none of the substance, even maybe some of the anti are evil, but they look, they appear good. That's why people vote for, for shitheads, you know, who might sound nice. They're, they're not saying I'm going to kill you that, you know, that's not why people vote for Trudeau or Obama. They, they, you know, they have a nice appearance. They sound nice. They use nice lines of words following each other. So it makes mushy people who think emotionally vote for them. And then the effect of the, of their policies is to kill you, <laughs> but they couldn't be successful if they just said it literally. So that's sophistry that, you know, take the art of making the false appear true. And then we can choose to be stupid and to believe in stupid things that we should know better, or we can choose to do more work mentally and, and believe in truth that is beyond the, the surface appearance of things. And so we can, we can, with, with us, when trying to make sense of human history, it's animated by humans with intentions to do things for good or for bad. And there is an end point where you can say, I can't know everything. There's a lot of things I can't know. But I can know to a satisfactory amount that satisfies my reason sufficiently the nature of good and evil as an organizing principle of all history that allows me to understand why did this war happen? Why did that revolution happen? Why did Rome collapse? Why did Cicero, Cicero get killed? Why did JFK get killed? What was he tapping into? There, there are these, these, these things um, that we can know pretty well to the point that we can use it in order to change our future. And Absolutely. that's as always the keys. The future is always the key about studying this type of history. So all that to say, it, what you did with, with Churchill was fantastic in the Boer War, tying that into the growth of the structure and the techniques deployed. Uh, after World War II, fantastic that you did that. And and I, I'll credit the colonel with the Colonel Towner, Towner Watkins with this. And um, the other thing she said is that she said she's interviewed um, military leaders who were operating in Europe, um, and I think she mentioned a three-star general who had never heard of Operation Gladio, because mm -hmm. it is you know in the grand scheme it is a relatively recent disclosure, like the past twenty years or so. Um, it's a relatively recent disclosure. And it's like if you're someone who's just focused on their career and just focused on the, and you're not out like researching, you aren't necessarily going to hear about this because it's not something that like the news is talking about or anything. Yeah. So you actually have like three star generals in the military who are operating in Europe who have never heard of Operation Gladio and don't realize that the CIA are murdering, uh, assassinating political leaders, assassinating journalists, assassinating people who are getting in their way, who are pro Russia, who are pro whatever the thing is that they're against, whatever, whatever stands in opposition to the global hegemony. And they're taking those people out systematically, either through murdering them or buying or paying them off or just destroying their life or whatever. Um, it's all part of it. And we, I think the public now really understands they've seen it for themselves, what that looks like, what they're doing to Donald Trump right now. It's like, like this is all kind of ties back uh, tangentially to operation Gladio. Yeah, Absolutely. Let's let's actually read a, a couple of ads and then yeah. um, we'll continue pulling on this thread a bit more. And I got a, I got a quote actually that touches exactly on what you just said from Yves Guérin Serac, uh, 
who I mentioned earlier, played a, a key role as a, as a French fascist. Um, when we get back from a commercial break, we're going to look at a couple of quotes and continue scratching, scratching away on this, this beast. So the first one, um, here, I'll read the first two and then you can read the second two. Um, hold on a second. Let me just have trouble here on my end. One second. Okay. Okay. Badlanders with election season now in full swing, Trump train sightings are Trump train sightings are predicted to be higher in the coming months than ever recorded. Are you ready? If not, we've got you covered with the heavy duty high duty hitch mount flagpole kit from your Patriot store. Built to withstand higher speeds, the dual locking system with pin and thumb screw will keep your flags securely in place even on highways. Made in East Lake, Ohio, this heavy duty high hitch mount comes with a three by five uh, American made American flag for you to proudly display on your vehicle or on an easy pull flagpole at home, also found at your Patriot store. These are heavy-duty flagpoles, proudly made in America, built with extra quality and care. To add, to get Badlanders ready for the election season, your Patriot store is offering buy two flags, get one free, and buy two t-shirts, get one free. You have to use promo code BADLANDS35 to get this exclusive discount. So hurry, this deal is too good to last. There's also a huge 50% off site-wide sale happening now throughout the week. So hurry, these deals won't last. Visit badlandsmedia.tv backslash Patriot store and use promo code BADLANDS35. And then the next one is on my pillow. To celebrate the new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products. For example, save 60% on our Goose Down comforters, the best comforters ever. They go perfectly with our my pillow bed sheets and duvet covers. Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous my towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are finally in. You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. Or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. Awesome. Um, and, and everyone, if you're enjoying the show so far, please hit the thumbs up. That helps us uh, with all the analytics. Um, and the chat also, you don't have to do the second map, but the, the chat is asking for a link to where they can purchase your wife's book. So oh, you get a okay. gra- grab that, throw it in the chat, maybe throw it in the comments too, just because the chat will go away when the, when we stop streaming, but the, the comments, it'll stay for people listening. All right. In the next, in the next the few fact. minutes, I will definitely put in a, uh, a link to get that book. Um, and yeah, so the, the, uh, the thing I just wanted to show quickly uh, is Yves Guérin-Serac. Um, this guy is, is such an important player. And again, he was part of the thing that tried to kill the Gaulle. Charles de Gaulle was smart, was really good on staying alive, <laughs> like, uh, incredible, much smarter. Than, I, you, you wish that his team was, was on site to assist JFK a little bit more and give, give JFK better advice. Uh, but so de Gaulle, uh, Yves Guérin, let's just look at a quick quote from him. 
And and DeGaulle, DeGaulle's the guy, by the way, who during the Petrodollar uh, episode we talked about, he went and asked for the gold back in 1968. So that, just to connect a few, a few other things, he's the one who came to America and said, give us our gold. Here's the Petrodollars. Give us our gold back. And that's what started the whole cri- like the whole panic to get on a Petrodollar. Yep. So Serac got two quotes. They're just good because it's from somebody who was such a high level player. This is this is my wife cited this in her book, and uh, I forgot to put on the specific resource or the specific uh, source, but it's in her uh, her uh, footnote section um, where he writes, "Our belief is that the first phase of political activity ought to be to create the conditions favoring the installations of chaos in all of the regime structures." In our view, the first move we should make is to destroy the structure of the democratic state under the cover of communist and pro-Soviet activities. Moreover, we have people who have infiltrated these groups. And the other thing that also is a continuation of this manifesto that went public, it was supposed to be only for his inner, um, the inner initiates within his grouping that that were supposed to oversee their various cells and agents. Um, and somehow somebody within that grouping made it public, kind of a bit of an embarrassment because he was still trying to pass himself off as a respectable person. So it was a bit scandalous in 1961 when this went public. But he says here, two forms of terrorism can provoke such a situation, which is the breakdown of the state, which is the point, which is blind terrorism, that is committing uh, committing massacres indiscriminately, which cause a large number of victims, and selective terrorism, that is eliminate chosen persons. This destruction of the state must be carried out under the cover of communist activities. After that, we must interfere, uh, intervene at the heart of the military, the judicial power, and the church in order to influence popular opinion, suggest a solution, and clearly demonstrate the weakness of the present legal apparatus. Popular opinion must be polarized in such a way that we are being presented as the only instrument capable of saving the nation. So it's just wow. very, very wow. rare to get something so candid. Um, very, very rare. So high value that that the was. Alien dialectic uh, for Badlanders. No, Bernie Bright talks about that all the time. Present the problem, present the solution, herd people right into the, the, the place you want them to go. Yes, exactly. It's not that. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of, it's, it's complex in its execution, but it's simple in its basic recipe. It's not that complex in its, in, in, in the, the, the brute force ultimately of, of the technique. Um, the, and, and keep in mind, you know, so if you just look at all of the, there were hundreds of cells, you have the red brigades that was used in, in Italy, as well as in uh, Germany, carrying out not just massive public bombings, but also the direct hits of people like Alfred Herrhausen, the pro, pro-development pro um, president of Deutsche Bank, who was murdered by the Red Brigades in Germany, um, which has been proven was overseen by British and German intelligence that were, pr- that were protecting the Red Brigades that killed Herrhausen, because Herrhausen was saying, no, we need to help Russia develop industrial power, develop in- infrastructure if we're going to be able to manage manage um, the dissolution of the Soviet Union. This is 1988-89 that this discussion is happening. And there were members in Russia that were saying, that were thinking, okay, we'll dissolve the Soviet Union on the condition that we get the assistance to massively get scientific and technological progress with our American and Western allies. That, and, and they were told these lies by George Bush Sr. and others. And of course, there was never an intention to honor them. The intention was to destroy Russia. But Herrhausen wanted to honor it. 
and create a special German-Russian relationship based on industrial development, which has always been the, the fear of the British Empire going back to the 19th century under Otto von Bismarck, who was working with Alexander II around a German-Russian pro-industrial, pro-American policy of protectionism, rail development, using the American system of political economy with national banking to find all, fund all of that growth. That was This was being done in the 20s under... Um, Rap the, the Rapallo Accords in 1922 with the, the Russians under Citroen, the foreign minister of, of, of Russia, meeting up with um, uh, Walter Rathenhau, the foreign minister of Germany, organizing a, a cancellation of all debt repayments of Versailles and a, and a building up of industrial power between Germany and Russia together. And Warren Harding, who was also probably assassinated, the American president was also protecting that negotiating process that bypassed the League of Nations that was all based on bilateral uh, treaties between sovereign nation states. Um, so all of these people ended up dying, uh, you know, everyone. I mean, um, Walter Rathenau was, was killed by an organization, Consul, that, that's a British-run terrorist cell or terrorist grouping in Germany that killed 300 German um, po politicians in the 1920s, like, like Rathenau. And... Um, this organization, Consul, when they were illegalized after Rathenau's murder, they were banned. They basically just were rebranded and became the paramilitary group of the Nazi SS. That became the the, the Nazis' paramilitary uh, storm stormtroopers was the organization Consul. So again, you could see how this was always used by Western intelligence, these anarchistic uh, pro-fascist, anti-Semitic groupings all over the world to, to, to kill uh, leaders you don't like. They did it with Alexander II. They did it with Lincoln. Um, you know, John Wilkes Booth was not a lone gunman. He was part of a broader network of a whole KKK that is Scottish right, <laughs> Freemasonic Scottish right terrorist apparatus that was overseen by people like Albert Pike that was operating in Canada as well as in the South that was a, an occult proto-fascist organization, right, um, that that used him as part of a cell under Mer Mary Surratt um, to kill Lincoln and carry out various other things that they were also doing during the Civil War. They, they this, Another grouping, a branch of it in, in Russia, killed uh, two czars, and many finance ministers, interior ministers were killed who were against this whole British control takeover of the world uh, that Churchill represented. And it went all the way on. So this is what what the the Red Brigades were were done basically as a new form of art organization console, uh, passing themselves off as Maoist Leninist, but the whole thing was run by fascist Nazis who <laughs> wanted to destroy Russia and China as much as they wanted to destroy America and Germany, and it killed all of the leaders. Um, Aldo Moro from Italy was killed by this thing. A, a bomb was placed on his plane when he was fighting to use his control of the biggest um, energy company of Italy to help Africa industrialize. He was killed. Um, the the Secretary General of uh, the UN, what's his name? Um, um, uh, Dag Hammarskjöld. His plane went down in Africa too because he was also resisting this thing in 1961. They killed obviously JFK. They they killed. They tried to kill De Gaulle. They uh, uh, there's it's a big list. Adnan Menderes in 1961, the Turkish Prime Minister, who was also fighting this thing, was was killed by this apparatus. So again, people just to say, Americans, Europeans thought that that this was Kremlin, Beijing terrorists trying to kill them. So they were like, please, please state, <laughs> get, protect us. Like Serak says, they fell into line and they gave the CIA more power. They gave the military industrial complex more power to protect them.
Um, while the actual fact was it was never Russia or China controlling these terror cells. It was always the CIA. It was always MI6. It was always the Nazis that was that was running these things. So yeah, just an important point because this is all being revived today. We've all been hypnotized by the trauma we went through in the 50s, 60s, 70s under this propaganda. And it's mm -hmm. all being revived. We could see it, how they're reviving these same psychological tropes um, to, to get people to once again not look at British intelligence, not look at the roundtable movement, not, not look at the Fabian Society, which is actually trying to destroy everybody and bring about a, a depopulated world government. And instead, find a, a boogeyman in Russia or a boogeyman in China. Um, and yeah, it's, it's yeah. well, and, and to that point, so you, you mentioned earlier the Italian um, prime minister, um, Andriotto, Andriotti, yeah. uh, Andriotti. He so he's the one who who like disclosed that publicly, and the reason he did was because there was, as I understand it, there was like tension or there was some sort of like political um, dissidence or tension going on between him and the president at the time. Uh, Casiga, Fran Francisca Casiga, and he basically accused Casiga of being involved in Gladio. He was like, "You're involved in this," and Casiga said, "Yeah, I did. I did help set that up. Um, I'm not like happy about it, and uh, like I'm not proud of it, basically." And then Casiga then turns around. This is like I think in the late '90s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then in, and then later in 2007, no November 30th, 2007, I was, I was just looking it up to make sure I got the date right. He tells an Italian newspaper that 9-11 was actually done by C the CIA and Mossad. He said, this is an open secret among all intelligence agencies worldwide. Understand this completely. And that is where, and then that, like the alternative media community online runs with that, like spreads it around and then starts pressuring Ron Paul and others to talk about this. Ron Paul actually gets asked about this on air, I think on like Fox News or something. He like distanced himself. He's like, oh, I'm not going to go there. But then, but then the reporter or the interviewer says, well, will you at least tell your supporters online to shut up about 9-11? And he says, absolutely not. So right. just trying to bring this all full, full circle that the disclosure of Gladio involved a guy who then later came out, uh, an Italian president, who then later came out and said, oh, yeah, by the way, he was the one who told the world that 9-11 was the CIA Mossad. Um, and then Ron Paul gets asked about that, doesn't want to go there. He's like, I don't want to go there. But then when he's asked to tell all of his supporters to shut up about 9-11, he says, absolutely not. So just wanted to connect all those dots. Yeah. Yeah. That's super, super important little, cause yeah, I mean, th this, this unfortunately should be common knowledge, but you know, we, we have to revive and rekindle these, these little memory sparks to make, to bring them alive once again, because it's so strategically important to have this much more front and center in all of our memory and our minds as we navigate through the misinformation. And uh, yeah, Ron Paul was hats off to Ron Paul. I mean, he had to operate in a very, very sticky, dangerous environment uh, for a sustained period. And I don't agree with everything Ron Paul uh, pushes as far as uh, his, his concepts of banking and other things. However, um, like I'm not a libertarian, but is, is what I'm saying. But all that to say, he's a courageous man of integrity. He was consistent and he had to use a very careful type of language in navigating like, like Trump often has to do too. Or we've seen cases of many, many people who have political influence who have to stay alive while at the same time being effective. Um, it's not easy. It's not easy, uh, yeah. especially in a world where you have these Nazis well, when you, when you consider at the time in 2007, like all the stuff that Putin explained to Oliver Stone, what was happening in Ukraine, where the CIA was like planning yeah. to overthrow Ukraine, 
Ron Paul probably knew about a lot of this stuff. He probably knew Operation Gladio was still going, was still happening. So it's like, if I speak out against this, they're going to kill me. Um, I mean, that that possibility, I think, exists. And we understand that today, that even now, there are um, um, elements of the CIA who are probably doing stuff like this all over the world. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and we, we've seen the effects of that in a variety of places. Actually, one thing that's um, of note, is uh, John Bolton gave a uh, a whiny whiny interview in 2022 with Bloomberg, where he was complaining that uh, because of the uh, he's like because of China's authoritarian surveillance state, we haven't been able to maintain our payments to our our assets in uh, in China. And he's complaining because China's like if you go to like a China's a Chinese search engine, and I I do this sometimes just to see like what a different country is thinking, right? Like what's being being put out. It's all about, I'll, I'll, I'll share some, some, some screenshots of this, um, in their news cycle, it's, if you're in like Beijing, if you're in, China, if you're in Shanghai, what you're getting as a citizen, as far as your news cycle is another MI6, uh, terrorist cell has been taken down. Another CIA, um, cell has been removed and that's what they're, that's what they're actually being shown because that's, what's actually happening is you have like a deconstruction of all of these carefully built up, um, intelligence networks that were being overseen by unreconstructed in the case of China it's it's the Japanese fascist collaborators that's what you have in Taiwan that's what the Kuomintang was they were the they were the ones working with the Japanese fascists who were the who were part of they they had their promise under a one world government to have jurisdictional control over the regions of Asia especially China they were going to control China just like Ukraine and Germany was promised to control Russia as their their slave colony, that was what Germany was was promised by their by their Anglo American you know controllers. You will get Russia as your slave colony of under human Slavs. You know, Ukrainians were given a a, a dual message. <laughs> um, J- Japan was also told, "Look, you are the superior race to the dirty uh, Chinese. They will be your slave colony after World War II. That's why the, that's why ten million Chinese were killed by the Japanese fascists. But it didn't happen." without the collaboration of high-level Chinese collaborators, just like you had high-level American collaborators of Nazis, high-level Russian collaborators of Nazism, of Nazis. Many of them were around Leon Trotsky, who ran, ran the deep state structure of, of Russia back in the uh, the 30s and 40s. The same thing happened, uh, you know, this is what's behind the drug, the drug uh, cultivation programs too, the Kuomintang didn't just go to to Taiwan alone and then became a, a colony of the US military industrial complex. It's they also you had Kuomintang in Burma, in Cambodia, in Laos, yet whole that were always working with Dulles, producing the opium, producing the drugs that were then sent in to the United States, laundered by HSBC and other, you know, Wall Street banks that were then part of the the mafia complex. The mafia was always working with the CIA. <laughs> they were they were assets of the CIA in South America, in America, in Canada. What do you got there? Oh yeah, well I just when you started talking about Bolton, I just realized that I p- posted this the other day, and I thought it was worth watching. Um, this is a one minute clip of him back, like you're saying, in 2022, talking about it being involved in color revolutions, foreign color revolutions, and I think it's worth watching, like understanding this conversation, understanding Gladio. Like, let's just watch this real quick because I think it feeds into exactly what you're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Former White House Security Advisor John Bolton confessed on Tuesday to have helped the planet keep the tide in different countries. 
Trump televised interview in which uh, he referred to Donald Trump's responsibility in entire in the capital. The U.S. diplomat affirmed that overthrowing a government is a lot of work. On our democracy, it's Donald Trump looking out for Donald Trump. It's a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. I don't know that I agree with you to be to be uh, fair. With all due respect, uh, one doesn't have to be brilliant to attempt a coup. Uh, I disagree with that. As somebody who has helped plan coup d'état, yeah. not here, but you know, other places, uh, it takes a lot of work. And that's not what he did. It was just stumbling around from one idea to another. Ultimately, he did unleash the rioters at the Capitol. As to that, there's no doubt. All right. Yeah, that's really all I wanted, I wanted him to say. But um, to what you're pointing to, and then I want to connect it to China, um, that is what he's describing is basically Gladio in a nutshell. And he, um, it's worth pointing out that the day that the uh, May 20th, um, 2017, that was the day of the sword dance when Trump landed in Saudi Arabia and got the sword dance, which was a big deal. And a lot of people understand why it's a big deal. Um, China also announced that it, it had basically caught all these like dozens of CIA assets and I don't know, like arrested them, executed them, whatever. But the C, but like the New York Times was in full blown panic because. The CIA is like they're all of their assets in China had suddenly been exposed and caught, and um, you know they couldn't they couldn't run these these oper whatever operation they were running against China they couldn't run anymore because all their assets have been exposed and caught. And I can't help but wonder if those events are not connected the the sword dance and mm -hmm. that event um, taking place. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's an interesting idea. Yeah, it's it's true. The 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 chronology of it all is is suspicious interesting mm -hmm. yeah no i i uh, i'd like to think that there is a connection and we'll probably never fully know until yeah. maybe deep in history in, in the future maybe we can look back on this and some things can be said that can't be said right now um but yeah i i think see that's the, the part of the thing is that by looking if we actually had a sober analysis of what putin was able to do and how he did it as far as pulling the rug out from under the feet of a big chunk of the deep state that we went through last week. And if we actually had a sober analysis of, of how Xi Jinping over the past 10 years has been able to do the same kind of Putin maneuvers, but in some ways even more effectively, honestly, um, we would be able to then have a better sense of how to do it ourselves. Because frankly, if we had a better sense of how our, our history was actually wired, how people like Lincoln, his key collaborators in America, as well as McKinley, as well as our... Uh, Franklin Roosevelt and JFK, if we saw how they operated, we would have a better sense of who the enemy actually is and how to fight it and how to do it effectively. Um, that, that all of that stuff is being, we're, we're being mentally castrated by being only given a very narrow sort of framing of reality that ignores all of this fight and that paints Russia or China or some combination as our nemesis. And it's like, no, there, there's something going on. We're, we're told to hate and fear them because they're fighting the same oligarchy that wants to both kill them and kill us. That's why we're being, that's why all of these bad toxic feelings uh, are being invoked like a magic spell inside of our, our, our collective psyche because of undealt with trauma we experienced in world, in, in the Cold War. All of the propaganda sponsored by the John Birch Society that itself was run by followers of Claire Chenault, who was running the, the drug running operations that became Air America. All of the drug running operations run by the CIA through Taiwan, through uh, 
you know, all of Southeast Asia was being run by these flying tigers, of which John Birch was himself a high-level member of Claire Chenault's operation under Alan Dulles's watch, creating the entire mafia drug complex um, entirely. And this is what was then bankrolling the ter- the creation of all of these think tanks, the Heritage Foundation, all of the the you know the the Habsburg Austrian school fascists. I mean, you know, Ludwig von Mises and and uh, uh, von Hayek. I'm just saying this straight up here. This is verifiable. They were the advisors for the world's first officially fascist government in 1919 in Austria. They were the economic advisors of the first, before Italy went fascist, you had Austria go fascist. They were advising that government and Hayek in his, the end of Road to Serfdom has a whole chapter on the need for a world state to keep the the world behaving by common uh, rules-based order uh, of free trade. Who's going to enforce it? Who's going to enforce the free trade? It has to be some world power that can uh, oversee and veto what a national sovereign government would want to do that may not want to do free trade at a certain point for some reason. So you need a power above the nation states. That's what he talks about at the end of Road to Serfdom. I'm reemphasizing this because we're also being played on that issue too. And a lot of the the same pro, pro-fascist Nazi groups in America overseen by the Wall Street banks that were trying to kill Roosevelt do the bankers coup that were running the American Liberty Liberty League to keep America out of the war. This, this, this was like Thomas Lamont, the JP Morgan network that were funding the American Liberty League that was behind the business coup. These bankers, the the reason why they wanted to keep America out of the war was not because they were pro peace. It's not because they were pro peace. It's because the, the plan was that the U S fascists were promised the jurisdiction of the world under a new world order. If the Nazis won, which was the plan in the 20s and the 30s. That's why Prescott Bush was financing the Nazis into World War II and found, was found guilty for doing that. And they were they wanted to stay with the plan because that was a big chunk of, of control that they were promised of most of South America and Central America. Uh, that was all going to be theirs. Um, so they, when that didn't work out, then they had to sort of recalibrate. And you had all of these think tanks that then promoted the idea that if you want to be a good Republican, a good conservative, you have to be a follower of the Austrian school of these um, essentially Austrian um, followers of Adam Smith, who just retweaked Adam Smith for the Austrian Habsburg Empire under, you know, and 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 that became what infiltrated all of the Republican parties in the 70s and the 80s under Zbigniew Brzezinski, under the neocons, the Straussians, they all brought this stuff in. And then the Democrats were told, if you want to be a good Democrat, don't look at what 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 Roosevelt or JFK are doing. Don't look at at Bobby Kennedy. Don't look at them. Don't look at American history. Follow British Cambridge Apostle John Maynard Keynes, pedophile Satanist. That's that's who a good Democrat wants to be. Is a John Maynard Keynes who hated Roosevelt, who Roosevelt in turn hated, who said Keynes was a, a mathematical fetishist, not an economist. And we were all told, yeah, yeah, Roosevelt was a, the New Deal. That was Keynes. That. It's like, no, Keynes was for one world government. He was for the Bancor, a one world government. Keynesian um, economics, yeah. 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 You you hear people rail on that all the time. Um, It was a a total fake dichotomy. We were all told you could either be an Austrian fascist or a British imperial fascist, both of whom are Malthusian, both of whom actually kind of work in a a Hegelian dialectic. So that's your choice. There's nothing outside of those those choices. And then you have Klaus Schwab saying the greatest threat to 
uh, the Great Reset is libertarianism. At the same time that Javier Malay goes and gives his assigned speech saying all the right words about libertarianism, personal values at the World Economic Forum, he's turned into this celebrity amongst the libertarian movements of the world. And it's like, wait a minute. We've been... It's a controlled dialectic. It's it's like yeah, if, it what, is. what is Javier doing? He's he's doing what Pinochet was doing. He's he's like privatizing everything state owned. He's he's um he's he's cutting the budget in social services. He's cutting the budget everywhere, uh, yeah. putting people out of work, killing social safety nets, and which, and which sounds which sounds really good on paper, but actually is going to end up being even worse because now you're going to have all the oligarchs come in, purchase up everything at. at dirt nothing and then the oligarchs the international oligarchs are now going to control everything and it's 1990s perestroika russia that's what he's doing in an already abused argentina that's already messed up from yeah. like having the cia and green berets manage south america under this dragnet going back to the 1960s when the the the, the green berets were created actually in the 50s uh, as an as an offshoot of british special operations executive programs working with gladio to carry out uh you know, wars against Russia and China in the Cold War. That's what's been running South America, and that's what's been destroying Argentina under the IMF, the World Bank, and they're doing perestroika Russia all now under the name of freedom in Latin America again. Um, and we're all being told, oh, yeah, that that's how to fight Klaus Schwab is yeah. probably more. Yeah, what? How did that that, that that all connects, by the way, to Iron Contra and all and like stuff we talked about with United Fruit and uh, Banana Republic and Chiquita Banana. Um, you you mentioned real quick about um, not wanting to get involved, and then once we did get involved, you know, the military kind of kind of took took over, and uh, and they were you know strategized to to defeat Hitler and the Nazis. Um, worth noting that that patent. So Patton comes up from Italy. He's coming up th from Italy and uh, he wants to take, he's in like Southern Australia, like Austria. He's in like Southern Germany. He wants to take Berlin at the end of the war. And he was told not to take Berlin and to allow the Soviets to take Berlin. Those were like orders that were given to him. He was super bitter about that. He was very angry about it because he was like, if I had gone in there and I had taken Berlin, I could have protected all the German people from, from all the terrible things that happened to them because the Bolsheviks came in and, and you know, went roughshod um, across Berlin, basically just like let out all of their, all of their um, anger and, and uh, um, their pent up rage from the war on the citizens of Berlin. And, uh, and then Patton of course was, was killed. Like, I mean, there's a conspiracy theories about him being killed after World War II. He dies after World War II. Um, and then if you want to give you more conspiratorial, Donald Trump was born nine months after or six months after he dies and looks very, very similar to him. That's, if you're a uh, if, if you're a Hindu, you might believe in that. But um, but anyway, uh, maybe we should do an ad read and then uh, yeah, sure, we'll do an ad read. And, and kind of uh, okay. What's that? Let me uh, pull up. What is it? Uh, new kits. Okay, here it is. All right. Yeah. Let me. Uh, my my screen's loading. One second. I'll let you know when I'm ready. All right. Um. So we are doing. Is this wellness company? Yep. Okay. Wellness company. Go. Uh, life is unpredictable. If, if we've learned anything these last four years, it's that while, uh, it's that, and while we can't possibly predict everything that we, that might be thrown at us, we can prepare for it. Introducing two new emergency kits from the wellness company, the first aid emergency kit for everything from sports activities to camping trips, compact and convenient. This kit contains 
critical prescription medications and supplies that everyone should have on hand. The travel emergency kit is specially designed for life on the go, compact, lightweight, and loaded with essentials for any adventure. Whether it's a road trip, a hike, or just the unpredictability of daily life, you'll be ready. Next level readiness is at your fingertips with emergency kits from the wellness company. Stay one step ahead and to have peace of mind uh, for the unpredictable, visit badlandsmedia.tv slash TWC. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash TWC and use promo code BADLANDS for an exclusive 10% discount. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash TWC, promo code BADLANDS. Okay. And next, I believe, is No Bugs Beef. No Bugs Beef. All right. Badlanders have set No Bugs Beef on fire. Have you ordered yet? Let's face facts. America's supply chain is going to be increasingly disrupted in the coming months, which means it's not if we'll have a food shortage, it's when. Having enough protein to feed your family for several months is essential for your survival. That's why we've partnered with BadlandsMedia.tv slash NoBugs. Uh, they, they provide sous vide, uh, freeze-dried all-American beef from ranches in Texas that have never, ever given their cows an, an, an mRNA jab. The beef stored in Mylar bags with oxygen absorbers for maximum shelf life will stay shelf-stable for more than 10 years without refrigeration and with maximum nutrition and flavor. All you need to do is soak it in the water for 15 minutes and it's ready to eat. These are not typical survival meats. They're premium cuts of ribeye, New York strip, tenderloin, sirloin, and chuck. Uh, get your family ready for the chaos at badlandsmedia.tv slash nobugs and use promo code BADLANDS for an additional 10% off your order. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash nobugs, promo code BADLANDS. That's good. Thank you. I just wanted to let people know who are watching live that I just put in a link. I saw some people were uh, befuddled or confused about my analysis of uh, the uh, the, high, the von Hayek von Mises versus uh, Keynes issue. And I just put into the Rumble chat uh, a link to a deep dive that I conducted, which is part of volume two of the clash of the two americas going through the origins of that entire controlled opposition and the obfuscation of the real american system of political economy that is i've been trying hard to bring people's minds to focus on what it was that america created as a system a science of political economy to solve the problems of the economic uh, castration um, of what the, the, the 13 colonies had gone through and the suffering that they'd gone through after the war. Um, so there was something specifically created that every American president who is murdered in office, all eight of them, are all trying to invoke in varying degrees, but it's the same constitutional banking structure that has produced every burst of progress, leaping over limits to growth uh, in advance and improvement of the sovereign nation state, as well as the rights of the individual at the same time as the right of the individual, as well as the general welfare of the whole nation state are improving at the same time, not either or, but at the same time, there is the invocation of the American system of political economy going all the way up to what Franklin Roosevelt and John F. Kennedy and his brother were doing. If you look at their policy outlook and what mechanisms they were bringing online, what powers they were wielding to advance massive mega projects. Um, the, the hydroelectric dams, the nuclear power development of the 1960s, the idea of an anti-imperial fight to assist small countries that had been abused in Africa or South America to stand on their own two feet and develop full spectrum economies that could support themselves through manufacturing as well as high quality infrastructure, as well as robust private sector enterprising at the same time. 
That system has been obscured from our history books. There's been an effort to wipe it out of memory. Um, every leader from who's murdered in Russia, <laughs> who's, who's murdered in China, who's murdered in Germany, are invoking the same American system from Walter Rathenhau to Kurt von Schleicher, who became chancellor in 32, who was killed, who was, a, who was trying to do what Roosevelt was doing in, in Germany, um, to Tsar Alexander II, to Otto von Bismarck, who was fired by the oligarchy, who, who basically was trying to bring in the American system into, into Germany, all of it. And it's tied directly to what the Renaissance, there was a science of economy built during the Renaissance before the American Revolution, which was based on the idea that all human beings are sacred, made in the image of a living, loving God. And that value is based upon giving people a multiplicity of objects of enterprise by investing in social improvements, and that the state treasuries must not go to war or, or define value by extracting wealth from, from somebody you're stealing from or speculating or doing usury by lending with interest. Those are illegitimate forms of value. The only legitimate forms of value that was coming out of the leaders of 15th, 16th century France and England and Germany who were at the, the harbingers of this new system that became the American Revolution as its next phase, all were of the understanding that, no, we don't put money into war making or looting. We put money into infrastructure. We create new schools, new academies. We train orphans. We give people um, the ability to find talents and to find a use for their, their life in contributing to society through their discoveries. That's what Benjamin Franklin was doing when he was studying how to, how do you uh, create a patent structure that could give people a financial motive to having great ideas that could benefit society as well. Right? So there's this whole thing that, that, that has been obscured from our research. And so I put a link to one entry point in the chat box. Um, in Rumble, maybe we'll have it under the video too. I'll, I'll ask Brad to put it up so people can can go into more detail on this. My wife's book goes into some detail. I, my my books go into some detail, but I really want people to realize to break free of this, you know, Austrian school versus British school choice that they've been told that they have mm -hmm. between Malthusians who both yeah. want world government and depopulation, and we're told, oh, you know, pick one. That's exactly right. That's, I mean, it's a really, really good point. And um, if you would just drop a link, like make a comment on the video as opposed to like in the live chat. And that way it'll just be there forever and just say link to like a link you reference. Ooh. I already put, I put your wife's book there and I linked a few, like a few other things that we discussed there. And that's just a good place to document. So people watching Great. the show later can see it. Um, but, but yeah, um, you, you bring up some really, really good points and uh, that that's exactly what it is. Like the controlled opposition I think they learned like when you go back and you study enough of these of these uh, it, like iterations of how they failed, like they failed to do it here. And what I what I pick up on is that they failed because they weren't controlling both sides is because you, you basically give like an out. And so when they once they figured out that if they control both sides, if, they, if they're the ones leading the counterparty, the other party, the opposition party, then they don't really care who wins. It doesn't matter which side wins because. um they're gonna they're gonna be the ones be, uh, uh, as the policymakers anyway, controlling the policymakers anyway. Uh, like to your point, like Malay and others. I mean, I I I do think that Malay, like the the IMF, the stuff that uh, um, Argentina being the number one debtor to the IMF, which I didn't know. Um, I think that has a lot to do with what Malay is doing right now. Um, you know, he, pulling out of BRICS, um, et cetera. So um, it's interesting that you know 
to think that like they're going to build this little sandbox then force us to play in that sandbox. You're not allowed to go out of the sandbox. You got to pick this side or that side. Maybe there's a third option, but it's really just two sides. I mean, that's exactly what we're what we've been talking about at Badlands for the past few years. I feel like. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, Hegelian dialectics suck. Stay away from them. And uh, I mean, problem solving. You know, the, the question is, you know, we human beings are the creature that we solve problems. We 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 think we every other creature. You know, that if if there's a drought that hits and and geologically that happens, it's always happened before there were humans. There were still geological droughts. Rabbits will go cannibal. They will the mommy rabbits will will eat the baby rabbits when there's like scarcity. And their, their populations will collapse. They'll recalibrate to the new norm of whatever, you know, scarcity is prevalent in the, in the biosphere. Humans don't have to eat our babies if there's a drought. We can, like, discover astrophysical cycles. We can plan ahead. We can, we can put some of our, our food into reserves. And then if, when there's a, a problem, we can eat the food instead of the kids or the old people. And the oligarchy wants us to, to go for Soylent Green, right? That movie, The Charles and Heston. Which that's their kind of a big sick fantasy of the oligarchy is to get us to ultimately want to eat ourselves um, in this weird eco cannibalistic system yeah. of 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 mutual of what is it called of euthanasia you know kill mm -hmm. the old what do you do with their body well you first we can turn it into fertilizer so you got this whole spiritualism of like sick baby boomers who went through years of propaganda and Gaia worshiping conditioning and psychedelics who are thinking that their spiritualism is to be connected to the purity of mother Gaia. And the best thing is to have your body just become fertilizer. And it's like, well, that's the point of a graveyard. Yeah, sure. You, you go back to nature, your body does, your soul lives on. But I mean, now all of a sudden you have policies in like Colorado and, a, and, a, and there's a big promotion to say, well, let's actually feed food with our bodies. Let's, let's actually use the human humans as food as 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 fertilizer for for agriculture right and it's just like each one's just incrementally moving us closer and closer to uh godlessness yeah 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 exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, exactly um well yeah we'll we'll do uh before we get into um the badlands boosts uh I was, i'll just show this last thing this is more of like a um this, and I'm, I'm just going to show the Wikipedia page because it's uh, it's a relatively I was digging yesterday through the CIA Vault 7 for Gladio stuff. Um, and really, the only thing that would come up was Turkey. It was like Turkey, 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 Turkey. Um, and about the Turkish Gladio. So I've been reading about Turkish Gladio and it really has more to do with the present than with than with uh, like the history lesson that we're teaching here. But mm. um, the Turkish Gladio branch was very, very profound and very very active like after like 1960s 1970s this group like the gray wolves is something that i just like have, have have hit on and i think i'm finding connections here between like the gray wolves and like Erd like um erdogan like and like the current the current government but basically they admit they admit even on like the wikipedia page which is like a cia run website they even admit that these guys like their their uh progenitors or whatever um, were working with the Soviets and then basically switched sides to fight with the Nazis because they weren't happy with the Soviets. And so these people were fighting with the Nazis. These are Turks like in Turkestan, uh, uh, Turkmenistan. Um, Turkmenistan is where like the people of Turkey come from. Um, and uh, it's north of Afghanistan. And basically they were fighting with the, the Nazis and they joined the Nazis. And then after that, they are now in Turkey trying to uh, launch like a 
a ethno state, like 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 a like a revitalization of the Ottoman Empire, um, um, and basically like using like radical Islamic terrorism, like pro fascism, pro Islamic fascism, all mm. the stuff that we that like we've hit on on Badlands, all the different content creators and Badlands have been talking about. These guys were doing. And there's even like connections between them as far back, I guess, recently as like 2007, 2008. There's a report in 2015 about them working with uh, factions of the um, Turkish military. The EU has been asked to like designate them as a as a terrorist organization. So um, I don't have enough to like really distill like a full a full coherent argument. It was just very interesting to me as I'm also like writing these like this article on Khashoggi. I then I then stumble onto this and I'm like, okay, so here's Gladio. They're murdering people in Turkey. Like in the 90s, I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing evidence from the Vault Seven of them killing people in Turkey in the 90s. Um, there's connections like around like Erdogan. It's very you know. And then you think about the Muslim Brotherhood in the background. You think about British intelligence. So um, I don't know. Like, well, I'm gonna pull on that thread and see where it goes. I'm just kind of that's yeah, just kind of like do. a. Please it's do. a it's a weird thing. It's a very weird mm-hmm. thing. But obviously, like Cyprus, they mentioned Cyprus a lot. We know that Cyprus is a is like a place where they used to launder money. That's where uh, Kilimoyski is a is a has his uh, Cyprus passport. Um, Zelensky took away um, Igor Kilimoyski's Ukrainian citizenship because it's against the law in Ukraine to have to be a tri citizen because he is an Israeli citizen, a Cyprus citizen, and a Ukrainian citizen. So Zelensky took away. I think a year or two back, um, Kilimoyski's Ukrainian citizenship. And of course, he's the one who created the Azov Battalion. Um, so he would be like one of the oligarchs that Putin is basically going after by invading Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, just very, very fascinating connections. And it's just like as you as you pull on like a like, like I'm looking into stuff for our Gladio show and then I'm seeing things that are like directly connected to like my Khashoggi dig and other stuff. So it's all this stuff's connected. And that's why we do the show. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I think that that's, that's where, oh man, I, I'm going to actually share in the description box, um, a wonderful essay. Thank you, by the way. I didn't even, I, I, I heard about the, the, the gray wolves and it, again, it's, it's so lateral in my thinking that I was like, oh, that's interesting. Put a little like question mark on it. And I never circled back to investigate like, what was this whole Gladio thing in Turkey? And I know, yeah, it's please, please. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you, what you pull up on this thing. Cause it's, it's so it's- important. It, it, it's just fascinating that even on Wikipedia, even the CIA and Wikipedia is like, yeah, these guys were fighting with the Nazis and then, and then we just folded them right into Operation Gladio and we were using them in Operation Gladio to run our ops like in that part right. of the world. And it's like, okay. <laughs> well, see, the other thing I, I want to to map out since I'm, I'm increasingly getting into the uh, the occult, the, the and my, my wife and I were both doing a lot of work from two different directions on mapping out the different causal agency of the occult underground in shaping and creating the FBI, creating the CIA, creating all these these different organizations. Um, it's a weird way of having to explore. Like it requires a little bit more because it's very secretive, right? So you're always having to triangulate in on uh, what's going on, right? You don't get like the type of satisfying ad, um, data that sometimes you, you can get when you're researching, let's say like the explode, the controlled demolition of 9-11 or... Uh, Yves Guerin Serac coming out saying exactly, you know, in, in some manifesto that's leaked, you you don't get so much of that. But the the role of the um, 
So we know that you know in the in the West you have like the Theosophists, the 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 order of the her, the Hermetic order of the Golden Dawn, the Rosicrucian order, all of these different pseudo Masonic groups that all interface that have very similar characteristics, but maybe you know different flavors of the same ultimate Gnostic Satanic garbage. But um, but in the Arab world too, like there's going back to the the Templars, we're interfacing with certain sects of Sufi cults that had a secret mystery order initiation process that the Templars who themselves were like um, a pseudo-Christian Mithraic cult um, overseeing the, the clash of civilizations of the, of the 11th and 12th and 13th centuries. Um, they were in, they were, that was being made possible through their interfacing with a common uh, grouping masquerading as Muslims, but not really. There, were more, there was something much more dark than, than, than the shell of, of Islam, right? And they were also working with, obviously, certain Kabbalistic, nominally Jewish, but actually satanic, uh, Gnostic sects of these, 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 you know, same Jewish orders that are all interfacing. They're all weaving together the same thing. Also touches on like what Jacob Rothschild was, you know, was he, was he actually Jewish? Did he care about Israel? No. Um, like why do so many, you know, so many Zionists and, and fascists kind of get along <laughs> always? Like, why is that? So it, it has to do with this, this whole deeper occult synergy. Um, and so in the in the Islamic world, there are a variety of these things, of these different orders. And I'd like to get a better mapping of that to see how they play into the establishment of things like the Muslim Brotherhood, things like, you know, um, what whatever it was that was shaping Turkey that people like even Fatullah Gulen was a part of, too, with the Gulen networks that were expelled, you know, in the 90s. Um, that didn't come out of nowhere. That's part of something more ancient. What the what the fuck was that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I I've I mentioned it last week. I'm still working on it. I have like three or four different articles, really like seven articles, but four articles that I actually have written right now that I I uh, I'm trying to get the sequencing on them right. But basically, it like it lines it lays out the Muslim Brotherhood. It lays out um, uh, the Hashemite clan. Um, which is like like Prophet Muhammad's clan, and I actually the first one I'm going to publish, I think, um, kind of I kind of use like the Game of Thrones like Stark family as kind of a parallel to kind of help people understand <laughs> because you have like this really really like sinister takedown of the Hashemites, yeah. and then you have the reemergence of them with Al with um, um, Rashid Haran um, Al Rashid. He was a Hashemite, even though he was like living in like the far flung like Persian area of Iran. Um, he was actually like from the Banu Hashim. So he was actually part of, um, part of that clan. And then he comes in and, and is actually like a great, a great leader. Uh, so anyway, but, uh, but, but I, I digress. So, um, yeah, definitely yeah. interesting stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and anyway. somebody wrote in the, in the comment section, they wrote, uh, but you're leaving out the Jesuits. It's like, no, we're, we, we know about the Jesuits. It's, uh, we're going to, we're going to get to the, Je we're get to the Jes but Jesuits yeah. are going to be another one. Like that's another Gladio topic, because again, I think you can probably do multiple episodes, maybe not as many as you could do on Gladio, but, uh, the, the Jesuits, I want to make sure I get like my head fully wrapped around the Jesuits before we do a show mm -hmm. on it, because I want to really distill it down to it's, uh, cause there's a lot, they've been around for a while and there's a lot of what they were involved the, in the, the key thing for counterpoint i would i would advise if like to because look at what what came before them that that was rebranded as the jesuits and then look at the fact that they were co-created the same year that the anglican church was created in in 1534 um ah yep 
and then look at the role of the Venetian grand strategists and Kabbalists in both of those stories. And Venice comes into play as the controlling hand in both stories. That's going to be the one of the one of the most useful keys, I think, for some of those doors. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we will be doing the Jesuits soon, so stand by for that. Um, all right, so let's uh, wrap things up. Let's uh, we'll do, we'll do a Badlands boost. So if you want to support us, um, a great way to do it is to go to BadlandsMedia.tv. Um, if you click over here on the right, it says support Badlands. You click on this, it takes you to this page, and you click on Badlands Boost, and that'll actually take you to a separate page, the, our, our, our Badlands Shop page. You can do a drop down to select a specific specific um, show. Uh, this first one I see um, is just to Badlands Media in general. I'll go ahead and read it because it's from today. Uh, it says it's from Bacon Pancakes, $20. Uh, Dr. Reiner uh, Ful Fulmich, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, who ran civilian vaccine trials, a.k.a. Nuremberg II, was recently arrested on the 17th of this month. He knows too much. Interesting. We'll have to look into who he was. Um, but yeah, that's the only boost we have since last week. Um, but yeah, it, I would actually encourage people to go back and look at this. If you, if you just like search for breaking history, there have been some people who've provided some really really because we have smart audience really really insightful comments that stay and and you can actually go back and look at the old comments and so um i would encourage people to go like just peruse this this is a great a great way to to do like a rumble ramp because the it doesn't just go away once the the show ends so i'd encourage people to look into that um but yeah any closing thoughts matt on gladio uh this is a topic that we're going to revisit on other shows so i know i know we didn't even really fully scratch the surface on this. There's so much more to discuss, but I did drop the the link to that video I mentioned between War Hamster and Colonel Tyler Watkins in the comments. Um, I'd encourage everyone to go listen to that. There's a lot of other great interviews that War Hamster and the Colonel have done regarding Gladio, so you can look into those. And like I said, we will be revisiting this as we discuss other subjects that are, of course, connected to it. Yeah, absolutely. I Like you said, it's just, it's, it's very... It, it's something that was not on my radar properly for so many years. And it's really more embarrassingly recently in my life uh, that, I, that I really learned the importance of Gladio. You know, I, I'd, I'd heard about the name secondarily, NATO's secret army, and I just didn't quite, it didn't sink in the importance of it in 2008, 2009, you know, and, and I think it was really um, 2019, 20 or so that I started taking this really seriously and my wife took the lead uh doing a lot of work on daniela ganzer's uh research and uh there's a there's a there's some really good good scholars who did work but it's 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 often treated one one thing i've noticed is it's often treated academically as something which is interesting about the past but doesn't tie in when when many of these these books that have been written about it uh treat the topic it doesn't treat it the way you and i and i think anybody responsible should which is how does this impact our current world that we're living in right now? Um, there, there's this detachment of the subjective and the objective aspects. And so it's so important. It ties everything together. And like you said, everything is kind of connected to everything. And I know that that could sound kind of flaky, but it's true. And if you have a proper value system of, of how the machinery works, you can know like where you get at the heart of a causal nexus that interests, like, you know, we could have talked about, we could do a, a, a presentation on the Nazi SS and the Jesuits, you know, we could do we could do something on the Jesuits and, and the Roundtable movement and the Roundtable movement and the Nazi SS. We could do something on the occult underground, um, 
of Madame Blavatsky and Annie Besant and uh, and Lord Milner. It is connected. And how that's tied to the Fabians, that's connected. And how that's tied to the American fascists <laughs> of the Council on Foreign Relations and these occultists that were doing seances that uh, that were transformed and rebranded into the, you know, the whole uh, UFO, UFO PSYOP that Alan Dulles also ran with people like Carl Jung, who was tied into the same occult networks, channeling messages from, you know, otherworldly beings and stuff to shape strategy and policy on how to how to mindfuck the population around reviving ancient mystery religions and superstitious cults of the ancient world, but under a science fiction, transhumanist, alien sort of set of narratives controlled by a priesthood, yet again, to overthrow anything legitimate and authentic about Christianity or Islam or Judaism that actually was resistant to the system of global enslavement. So it's interesting. Yeah, there's so many points you could you could take. And I, I hope that people after after watching our, our our shows are thinking more about like the way of thinking. Not so much it's like cool, like you always say mind-blowingly interesting facts. I say a bunch of interesting facts where we try to, but it's not that's not the purpose of why we did the show. It's to really help people tap into this method of thinking that is highly empowering. It, it you could do things that PhDs can't do generally in because the way the PhD structure in academia works is to deprive the mind, to reward the mind for using bad habits of thinking that don't work in discovering causality. <laughs> and the more you get your mind into that world for years, producing papers, getting rewarded for, for being a, me a mechanistic thinker that can use basically the art of bullshit tied with memory, um, to make big diatribes that sound authoritative and impressive, but actually mean nothing, the more you you self-castrate. And then you're told, oh, now you can work at a think tank. Now you can now you can go into the world with your PhD and and have meaning in your thoughts and actions. But it's like you you that doesn't work because you you've just destroyed your mind in the process of getting that paper. But anybody <laughs> can access this realm of discovery. It, it's it's open for anybody. Now now you can go write white papers for the Rand Corporation. <laughs> Um, we do actually have a few rants that, that I, I'm so glad that, uh, that I didn't miss these this, this time. Um, so let, let's run through these real quick. Um, sure. iron time, iron time, $5. Uh, hadn't heard of Gladio until I was introduced to Colonel Tanner Watkins over a week ago. Um, I bet you guys are going to put even more color on it. How can something so pervasive be unknown by so many completely agree. And I hope that we have, um, there's again, there's so many more interesting facts about Gladio and connection points out there. So I encourage people to go just keep digging on this and looking into it and sharing what you find because there's so many things that that, that we can connect it to. Uh, Maga Keys Girl, uh, $5. Sounds like the show Man in the High Castle was more nonfiction than fiction. Great show. You both are very talented and informative. Never missed an episode. Keep up the good work. Well, well thank you for the kind words. And yeah, I, I think I only saw the first season of that show, but I do think that that show, there's a little bit of like disclosure with that show. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with that program Matt, yeah like I, I watched i watched i watched two seasons and it's it's a it's a it's an entertaining show very insightful but philip k dick mm -hmm. i started looking to philip k dick and uh it's not a positive revelation it, he's he's tied to the occult underground too he's it's part of the is, the mat it's part of is the he the right is he is he the writer of it yeah philip k dick is a is like a wizard of of zeitgeist control and Jungian archetypes um who uh was receiving channeled messages from hidden masters and, and just like Gene Roddenberry too, you know, I, I like Star Trek. I'm a Star Trek fan, but I I'm now I'm, I'm 
my research has also allowed me to reevaluate who he was and why he was and how he generated and why he generated his sci-fi scenarios and stories and uh, part of the occult underground too. It, it's he, very, very dark stuff that he was tied huh. to. Well, yeah. just keep just keep in mind, you can always enjoy like the fictional entertainment as long as as if you're aware of that stuff, as long as you're just aware that like what you're you're consuming potentially yes. might have those sort of elements in it. You can then guard yourself against it and, you know, um, still enjoy the entertainment the for the entertainment value, but just not yes. let it um, like take control and influence your mind in a subversive or subconscious subliminal way. Um, and the final rant, uh, Seahawk Mom, 1987, $10. Great episode today. Can't wait to, uh, till the next one. Truly enjoying, truly enjoy engaging the brain. Thank you for that, Seahawk Mom. Um, we really appreciate y'all's support and y'all taking interest in this. It's great that people are so eager and excited to learn about history um, because I'm not someone who was like, like obsessed with history when I was younger. I didn't really even develop an interest in it until I was like 18, 19. And that was really because of like architecture is what made me think of it, like all the connection points. But once you figure it out, I mean, yeah, you, you, you really do develop like a huge appetite for it. Yeah, 100 percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Well, I think that's it. Um, yeah, well, I hope you all enjoyed this uh, and we will see you all next week. We'll, um, we'll have to figure out what ne next week's topic is. It probably will be driven by whatever happens in the news, but um, we'll see. So I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. Until next week. Thank you, Gordon. See y'all.